Well, look at there. Can you hear me, Dana? I can hear you. Everybody, hello. Happy Friday. We're heading into Memorial Day weekend. Happy this is cool. Friday. Welcome to the Job Father. Job Seeker Network Radio all over the United States, guys. We are streaming radio. We're live podcast. Of course, you can see us. We're podcast mainly on on YouTube, but we're also live on LinkedIn. We're live on Twitter, and we're live on Facebook. So I see a number of people with us. Mezmez is with us. Hey, Meg Rose. Hey, Mez. She is our hype lady. Christina Matthews is with us from Houston. Awesome. Coy Studer. Hey, buddy. I see you. She, he, Coy says, I used to live in Houston. Love the restaurant scene now. Man, I'm trying to tell you. I'm actually a little sad because I'm supposed to be going to Houston this weekend, and I'm not going to be able to do that. Aww, so, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you to Joko Community Radio for sponsoring us and having us here. Tiffany Carlin Hurd is absolutely an angel. There's Marcel Tennyson. He's with us. Hey, Marcel. What is up? I'm sorry about the Mavericks last night, man. We were yelling. We just, I guess we didn't yell long, loud enough. <laughs> and uh, guys, uh I love this show because here's what we do here. We talk about our focus today is going to be HR. We've got two wonderful HR leaders with us today. We've got Melissa Ferrer-Smith, who I've been friends with forever. And um, it seems like forever, huh? And then, you know what? We've got Larry Sherrill with us, who's going to be our job seeker today our jobs in our job seeker spotlight. So I think Melissa is trying to join us. I don't see her yet. So, um, Dana, you know what? While we're waiting on Melissa, would you do our little public service announcement that we like to let folks know about, if you don't mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are excited to be on Joko Community Radio, the place oh, yeah. yep. County. We are um, excited to be here. We are grateful for Tiffany. Joko Communicati uh, Community Radio is live 365 on the TuneIn Radio Network. Now, to listen or watch, simply go to tuneinjoko.com to choose where and how. Very easy. The Joko Community Radio app is now available for free, both on Android and iOS devices. Simply just go in and search your store. Check out our lineup and more on jokocommunityradio.com. Now, this episode and more is brought to you by Patriot Claims, making your insurance work for you. Now, mm -hmm. don't forget to reach out to your Texas sales rep, Miss Nona Reed, at 844-TEX-HAIL or 844-839-4245. Thank you, Joko Community Radio, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Every week we are here, guys, at the same time. Same bat time, right. same bat channel, same, 11 o'clock Central Standard Time, CST. Oh, I'm getting close. You know what? There's Melissa. Yay! Yay! I was like, oh my goodness, I was shaded over there in the left. Hidden. There is Missy. See, I've known her a long time. I can call her Missy. Her name yes, is Melissa Ferrer-Smith, guys. She is, if you're talking about a subject matter expert, when it comes to HR, Holy smoke. 
You've got the lady right there. And there she is. And oh, you know what? Sure. I met Missy probably, oh, it was in our HR group. Oh, it might have been even 10, might even been 12 years ago. I, don't mind I think it was more like um Fiorella was a little bitty girl. 13 years, 13 years ago. Yes, that long. Oh my goodness. Time flies. So we are family, guys. We have five, we have six Melissa's that are all in <laughs> HR, and we're like a family. And you know. And Melissa Ferrer Smith, who you see right there, her daughter's name is Fiorella. Isn't that pretty? And you guys ought to see my niece. And um, you know, I am Missy. I'm just I'm tickled pink to have you on the show today, and especially for you to meet Larry, since he is looking for jobs in the CHRO space as well. And uh, as a matter of fact, you guys might want to hire Melissa. <laughs> you never know. So let's kick this off. Melissa, let's talk about the HR world. Um, you know, what is a CHRO? We know it stands for Chief Human Resource Officer. So tell us a little bit about what your experience in that position has been. Wow, it's, you know, you wear so many hats, but, but yeah. really the focus of the role and, and organizations are going through a lot these past two years and current times, but the focus of the people leader role is firsthand to understand the purpose of the business, products, services, so that that leader can go back and convey the value, convey that purpose back to the broader audience of employees. So that entails in, in communicating back to the employee is how do you convey back the purpose of the business in critical core roles? How do you convey it back to employees to understand it in processes and procedures? How do you convey it back in the regular communication that the employee leader should have? Um, how do you convey it back in how do you reward in the total rewards package to the employee? So it's constantly refreshing and constantly communicating back to the business so that employees can feel connected, valued, relevant, understand what's the business journey. That is a good smattering of what it is. Now, do all of the HR roles, uh, I, I know you have people underneath you, but do all of the HR roles uh, report to you? Uh, do they end up on your desk? Yes. They do, typically they do. So you have field operation, right? You may have mm -hmm. an HR leader, which is the, the corporate office that oversees more. The generalists who have talent acquisition, learning and development, you have benefits, you have payroll, you have someone who helps you coordinate all of the priorities of HR and alignment to the business. So, so it is, every piece of the HR pillar is very important. Very much so. Boy, that's the truth. You know, Melissa, uh, Pete Hernandez is with us right now. And he says, hey, Melissa. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, Foster, that is just the internal pool of keeping the business running. 
that doesn't entail all the vendors that you partner with um, in uh -huh. having proactive relationship with external stakeholders. You have your vendors that may support you in talent acquisition or in the learning development space, in the total reward space, um, in the HRIS. So, you know, try, making sure that all of those systems are being maximized in the business and utilized so that really we can extract that data and see how are we performing um, over periods of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what, uh, Melissa, there are a number of roles in HR uh, that that you know, some roles don't exist in some of the smaller companies and the big companies that you and I work for have all of these different roles. Would you give us a, a, a kind of like a smattering, I can't think of a better word, yes. of those roles uh, that we run into that work that end up are underneath your umbrella? Yes, I think a lot of times in smaller businesses, the people leader, the chief people officer, you know, that VP role in a smaller organization will probably carry out a lot of the compensation and sometimes a lot of the talent acquisition piece, right? So you have a, I can't even say a dual role, you have a role that you wear many hats, um, uh -huh. where I find that sometimes organizations, smaller organizations may have an external vendor who helps them out with payroll, right, and paying the employee. But for the most part, um, sometimes I've been in roles where we've had learning and development in-house and through the HR leader and through task force, we've developed certain learnings within the business to then roll out and be more relevant, getting those ideas from the business. So. So the HR role can be very robust based on the size of the organization. Yeah. And just to echo, it could entail a talent acquisition piece and the compensation piece. Right. Which are you know, key. Dana, <laughs> Dana and I are recruiters. And, well, Dana's a lot better recruiter than I am. She's still got a job. No, I've got, I've got a job. So, Melissa, in your past experiences in some, not probably not all of your companies, did recruitment and talent acquisition role under your umbrella? Yes, well, yes, absolutely. For the most part, I have to say my roles have been with larger organizations, but there have been even, I could say with DFW International Airport, a smaller yeah. structure, smaller organization, they still had the infrastructure to have and value understand the importance of having the pillar of HR, compensation, payroll, um, just because in reality, when you realize nowadays in focusing on strategy and focusing with the senior leadership team in influencing those leaders, understanding the business, it's very hard for you to play out all these roles and be effective even in a small size organization, right? There's there's yeah. things that are evolving, as you well know, Dana, in the talent acquisition space that you can't absolutely be the expert about. It's true. Right? It's true. And, and the same is with compensation and all of those roles that are key right now as we, we're, we're pivoting out of the pandemic and we're talking about retention, those it has changed talent acquisition, how you hire, how you engage, how you source. 
Um, how do you speak to the employee? So, so that whole research in itself and how you deliver can take up your whole day, not let alone the time that you need to dedicate with the leadership and understand how their business is evolving and how do we communicate that back to the business. Absolutely. And there's been a lot of a lot of changes in the last 15 months to two years in the market and, and what that means for job seekers, what that means for those of us in HR and talent acquisition on the side, you know, the other side of the table. Mm -hmm. um, and Christina Matthews just made a comment. She's like, I, I prefer to be recruited by my company of interest yeah. versus an outside source. But And that's a very good point because if you're recruited directly by the organization, um, there's a stronger probability that they're not going to have to pay a fee to hire you. And so that could, you know, be a big pro on your behalf. Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind is a lot of organizations, even especially large ones, don't always have their own organic internal team. Right. And they use what we call a, 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 a RPO. Right. Um, recruitment placement outsourcing. Outsourced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And um, some organizations don't have internal recruiters and they use a, maybe an agency model. And I'm very, I'm a big proponent of that, Dana. In, in my last role, I did use an RPO. You did. And I did. And I'm in very much big in favor to giving the experts the role that they do well yeah. and also putting in place that to me is classic of putting in a strategy that helps your business with an RPO. It can help your business where it is today lean, but you can further grow when your business expands to even have them take over the entire recruiting function. So it's just really working smart. Absolutely it is. Absolutely mm -hmm. it is. Melissa, we have, hi, Rachel Mangus. I just talked with Rachel Mangus out in Florida, and I just wanted to say, hey, Rachel. Rachel is a total rewards expert. So, um, Melissa, would you explain to us what that means, you you see people that are VPs of total rewards and, you know, and, and manager of total rewards and all that. What in the world are they talking about, total rewards? What's all that? Yes. So, so total rewards, of course, encompasses compensation, encompasses benefits. It encompasses, if you could say, really the indirect and direct compensation benefits you know, we think of probably healthcare, dental, yes. but nowadays benefits expand so much beyond that wellness um, yeah. for the employees. So, so yes, I'll, I'll I'll let you expand on that. But there's so much that has falls under that to the evolution to yeah. what our employees need today. Yes, absolutely. There are on the uh, search for you guys. I want to give a shameless plug. For our personal, <laughs> for our personal job posting site for the network, um, search S E A R C H. The number four, the letter U I N C, is a good place for you guys to find network jobs. Now, what is Foster talking about? These network jobs. Yeah. Well, guys, to my knowledge, we are because we are a network of the network across the United States that helps job seekers find these things. Uh, Melissa has been a part of our network for a long time. I told you guys I met her at our HR breakout group. And so 
Uh, oh my God, I met you. I met Melissa Goble. I met Melissa for Melissa Fertitta's out in Florida. And Melissa, if you're listening, hi Melissa. I told you guys we have a big bucket full of Melissas. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's it's really been fun. And uh, Rachel Mangus is guys. Look her up on LinkedIn. All you companies, R A C H E L M A N G U S is a benefits specialist and i talked to her we were just talking about the total rewards thing so i wanted melissa and larry might want to throw in some uh, ideas he might have had some total rewards people underneath him and his jobs in the past too so larry just jump in there as you see fit you are in this world Absolutely. that me and melissa and dana are in and all of our other melissas we might have about four or five other Melissa's listening to us right now. So <laughs> hi, all you Melissa's. <laughs> so Melissa, uh, one thing in HR and Dana and I talk about this all the time. One thing in HR that we run across a lot is we, a lot of times companies don't utilize us to the uh, fullest extent of the, the power that we bring to a corporation yeah. because a lot of times we're viewed as kind of like the police, you know, yes. and, uh, uh, we want a seat at the table. And a lot of UCHRO types like you and Larry say, hey, we want a seat at the table. So are you finding in your past, have you been, uh, have you had that seat at the table? Uh, how do companies overall view HR, CHRO role? Because you're going to be the one that talks to the, to the board. You're going to be the one that talks to the C-level folks and say, look, this is what's going on. And I want to say that the HR departments that I have been a part of, guys, and I have been a director of HR before, believe it or not, even mm -hmm. being a talent acquisition person, guys, we are we are on the team. We're not here to try to stop everything from going on. We're not the enemy. We're That's part right. of we're part of the solution. What do you what do you think about that, Melissa? What's been your experiences with that? So, so first of all, to your point, you know, that, that former HR role back in the day of personnel and, and, you know, we were the police and you couldn't do that. And a lot of the approach was, was that, well, it, it's not written in our handbook or that's not how we do it. I think firsthand the role has evolved to be that strategic business partner, right? So going in and listening into the business, understanding the needs. It's no longer of you can't do this. It's more about how do we do this and what's the purpose? Why are we doing? What is the expected outcome? Um, I would say back to your point in having a seat at the table, uh, I believe prior to the pandemic, there was probably a portion, you know, of organizations that, you know, really believed and supported HR and probably a very fair amount that still were kind of giving priority just the business, right? Maybe uh -huh. HR was a second thought. I think now post the pandemic, the approach is different. So I yes. <laughs> Definitely that businesses do have respect very much HR, realize the importance of it more so, 
they are at the table. Um, they are their their strategy, their advice is heard of how do we speak to the employee, how do we reward them, how do we communicate back? I mean, you just think of this evolution of the pandemic and that regular cadence of having to communicate to the employee in, in so many facets of the vaccine, what you do and you don't do. So there is respect for the HR role today, I believe. Yeah. I think where our role still has to muscle through and push is on the strategy piece, right? You're going to have competing strategies out there. You have um, business development, you have finance, you have risk management. So there's there's a lot of competing priorities, but the overarching, I say, coming from the airline world, if you don't have a pilot, right, the plane is not taking off the ground. So going back to that point, if you don't have employees, you're not valuing your employees, we're not conveying and having that regular cadence to communicate back to the employees, you have disengaged employees, you have absenteeism, you have you know service failures, and you don't have employees to deliver your service. So I think the challenge today is to continue to orchestrate your people strategy in a way that you're speaking about the business, but you're also elevating the importance of the people and the output that those people have to increase business profits, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, is what I would highlight. Yeah. Melissa, you mentioned it earlier that you worked at DFW Airport. And when I first met you, I think you had been in the cruise industry. I and I think you also <laughs> spent a time at a company called Cinemark. I don't think anybody's ever heard of Cinemark. <laughs> and, you know, I like the diversity of Melissa's background. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm pleased that you allowed me to be part of your family and kind of go along with you in your career. Now, this last corporation <laughs> that you were engaged in was a French company, was it not? It was, it was. Fantastic company, RATP Dev, Transit yeah. Company. Um, really, their business is offering service and a little bit reliant, the client audience is city offices, right? So um, when a city opens up their contract for transportation, in goes several transit companies, and so did we, to bid for that service. That doesn't mean you're awarded, but you put your best foot forward, your proposal, you know, the scope of the of the services, the people who are going to execute it in, in that um, contract for that particular city. And then you wait a little bit for who wins the bid, right? And so yeah. that's how, and, and typically those contracts could run anywhere from three to five years. There are clauses in the contract for renewal um, and so there's there's different types of terms in the contract that would allow to extend that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Melissa, I'm thinking of another. Peter Nandes said a very good thing. It, it kind of relates to our previous conversation before I ask you about your background. Uh, Pete said, historically, HR has been seen as an expense or a nonprofit area. And that is changing now. Do you agree with that? Because COVID has changed a whole lot. I feel like I would live on a different planet. 
<laughs> yes, it, it was. And I believe in some instances, it's, it is an expense, right? That's never mm -hmm. going to go away. It's how you convey that that expense is valuable and needed for the business in how service is de delivered and how business come, repeat business comes back and how that generates revenue, right? So it is indeed an expense. I think the challenge we're facing today when we talk about expense is how do we hire right? And Dana probably could expand on this. How do we hire right so that that employee stays with us at least, you know, 24, 30 months, right? Yeah. And doesn't doesn't transition to to somewhat um, not create a disruption to the business, to the customer, to the in, internal um, leaders where you're developing and training someone, you're partnering them with the business and whatever, 8, 10, 12 months down the line that employee is leaving, that creates a disruption for everyone. Yeah, um, I, I think that's the challenge. That's where... If I were to give advice today where organizations to really focus their time and pour it in is making sure that whoever is doing their hiring, whether it be through your permanent recruiter in-house or externally, yeah. that whoever you are, 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 are selecting to do that, that you have an outline of what it, are your values, how does that align to the people strategy and the business strategy of the culture, how you want employees to be hired, um, what are important values for the business so when those recruiters are going out and sourcing, they could really advocate and speak to what is um, the environment in X company and 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 make a little bit of that promise so that you know those values being able to to paint a realistic picture of what those roles are and what does it mean working in that organization um wow. right employees nowadays it used to be where people did their research and more senior managers directors senior leaders were very um well-versed in who they worked with. Well, that's yeah. from the past. Now every single employee at every level is studying the company that they work for. They're looking at that branding. They're looking at what's being said on Glassdoor. They're researching on Indeed. They're looking on, you know, Zip Recruiter. They're looking at all these different platforms tailored to those roles. Um, as to what it is like to work with X organization. So this- Melissa, in a, in, in a couple of seconds, a couple of seconds, probably about 10 seconds, we're gonna hear music. So okay. you keep going, we're gonna go to commercial and okay. you hear that, well, Foster's talking and I'm hearing music. I'm hearing so music. So it's time to go to commercial. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back, okay. Melissa. Don't Why go anywhere. Why have thousands of aspiring authors teamed up and with Christian Faith we'll Publishing to publish Larry. their book? Because Christian Faith Publishing is an author-friendly publisher who understands that your labor is more than just a book. We provide authors freedom and flexibility throughout the publishing process, professional book editing, award-winning design, and some of the highest royalty structures in the publishing industry. And as always, you will retain 100% of the rights to your book. I was 
looking to find a company that I could trust, one that assisted in the editing process completely. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront, no hidden costs or fees, and owning the rights to my own work. Christian Faith Publishing will publish, market, and sell your books in all major bookstores, online booksellers, as well as specialty Christian bookstores. Call for your free author submission kit. 800-978-4812 That's 800-978-4812 When you're hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue located at 1106 East Henderson, Cleburne, Texas Leach Brothers has been family owned and operated since 1950 Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even have my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all your catering needs. Hey, there's something you forgot to do. Hmm, it sure is hot. Are you sweating like a dog? Wait, what? Dogs don't sweat. Oh no, you forgot to get your window tinted. Whether it's the kitchen window that sits in the sun for the hottest part of the day, or you just got new wheels, call Sharp Window Tinting in Burleson. 817-615-9379 or look them up on the web, sharpwindowtint.com. Joko Community Radio. Listen live at tunein.com. Well, guess who is back? It is the job father on Joko Community Radio. And guys, we want to thank Larry. We want to thank Melissa for being with us today. So we're going to continue on into the second part of the show. And it is called the Job Seeker Spotlight. where we Larry is a job seeker, and we're going to talk to Larry about what he does. He and Melissa do a lot of the same thing. They're both, they have that same title. But, you know, I made a mistake, you guys. The number one thing that we do before we start this show is say a prayer. That's and right. And, Dana, if you wouldn't mind, I know you you talk to God all the time. So uh, if you would bring us, cover our whole show before we start with Larry. Cover Sounds our whole good. show with a prayer, if you don't mind. Will do. Everybody bow your heads. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to spend time together, Lord, and to support um, the job seeker community. Uh, Lord God, I pray you would open up the right doors, protect your children, lead, guide, and direct us, and just guide our conversation the second half of this show. Thank you for both individuals um, that are visiting Larry and Melissa. We just thank you for all that you do for us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Thank you. Amen. And Maz, I thank you for that. Maz shook my, shook my buck and said, Foster. You good, job, good job, Maz. Good job, Maz. You go, Maz. You go, Maz. Foster, right. I just wanted to mention one item before we move over sure, to Larry. Sure. Um, just one tidbit is another piece that really spills into the HR role, the HR uh, people leader role, is the corporate communications. So that's very, very critical. Oh, yeah. A lot of times when you have a smaller organization, you're in charge of that. And 
Think about of how your business looks out there on social media. So the HR leader role also takes on a lot of the employee employer branding and what is that regular cadence of communication. And then my last point I wanted to highlight, uh, CHROs and being successful moving into the future, I see as very critical three points that they should be mindful is one, the data analytics, right? That there is some shape or form of looking at that data analytics, whatever that is representative in your business with the platforms you have, or if you're creating in-house surveys. Number two is that pretty much collaborative conversation that you regularly have HR with the business establishing trust, right? And right. three is that intentional communication stream that you have with your leaders and with the employees and what's that regular form? If it's a town hall meeting, if it's a regular communication every two weeks, you know, a, a news wire, all of those pieces, analytics, collaboration through certain meetings, establishing trust, knowing about the business proactively, and then that regular communication stream, that will bring the HR leader proactively what is going on in the business and how to manage and how to put some things into play in people's strategy and refreshing it year after year. Larry, are you are you resonating with this kind of stuff? <laughs> oh, she is so spot on. Yeah. She yeah. is right in the center of the bullseye. Yeah. Guys, I want to introduce you to Larry Sherrill. And Larry is a CHRO himself, and he is companies. Let me tell you something. I am building a, what's my word, Dana? Relationship. I figured everybody would probably be chatting and putting it in the chat. That word relationship is my number one thing. And so uh, with you guys and your position, you and Melissa, uh, you, there are a number of relationships that you guys build. And Larry, tell us a little bit about you and what looks good for you. What directions you're going in and you're in your for your next role. All right. Thank you very much, Foster. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk with you. Melissa, very good comments. Uh, I yeah. agree with all three of your top priorities. That's so important in today's organization. So anyway, I'm going to answer five questions. Uh, I think that you would want to know about me. So number one is, who are you? Number two is, what have you done for the companies that you've worked for? Number three, how'd you do it? Number yeah. three, what, or number four, what are you looking for? And number five, what can you do for another company? In case there Man, are companies you got a lot of stuff to answer recruiting. there. You did what, that's a lot. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can identify with relationship, that's for sure. You'll hear that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. So who are you? I'm a vice president of human resources. So my experience has been in five companies. It's been in five industries. It's been in four cities, Dallas, Houston, Chicago, and Detroit. Oh, uh, Detroit. It's been broad and deep. Uh, it's been in large companies like General Motors, Abbott Laboratories, and Texas Instruments. Yeah. But it's also been in mid-sized and small companies uh, like Gibson Energy, which is a Canadian-based uh, midstream oil and gas company. Yeah, uh, I wanted you to tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in not Houston, familiar with so. Gibson. And uh, it's also in Calgary. So I spent many uh, a winter wow. in Calgary, Canada. Oh. Pretty, pretty cold oh. up there. And also Lexapol, which is a software company in Frisco. Uh, it's also been in very high growth companies. Uh, and it's been companies going through a significant amount of change. Yeah. So 
It's also been in new organizations. I've tended to, to uh, work in new organizations like Greenfield Sites, or it's been in an existing organization where the new executive uh, leadership has come in and they want to move the organization in a new direction. So my role has been to build HR and help the leadership team with significant growth and change because the goal has always been to accelerate uh, revenue and profitability. Mm -hmm. I've supported many top executives. Uh, the titles have been VP, SVP, EVP, President and CEO. So here's some of the comments that those executives have made about me. So I just jotted some of these down from performance reviews. Larry, oh, yeah, number one, knows how to frame what needs to be done. Uh, he's good at working with the executive leadership team. He knows how to ask the right people the right questions. He's connected at the employee level and trusted at the top. He's good at the big picture and the tactical, and the big picture is harder. Yeah. He has good organizational development skills. He has very strong consulting skills. Mm -hmm. He knows how to change, improve, and transform an organization. He's passionate on the development side, and he's a good fit for a company with risk, growth, and fun. Dana, that relationship side, I'm hearing when he was talking about development, development there, I'm hearing relationship all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Dana, mm -hmm. have you hired in your experience, have you hired a CHRO level before for that particular position? I have not hired a CHRO before. Uh -huh. but for the longest time, Karis didn't have that role. The highest we went was VP or Senior Vice President HR. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I have not. But I've hired from, you know, the majority of roles within HR. And I'm very familiar with the role and, and what it entails, especially mm -hmm. just being in corporate America and being in HR and talent acquisition for 20-something years. You see, you see all the different uh, facets of HR and how they all work together to align an organization. I mean, it's so yeah. critical. Yeah, I have uh, I've hired uh, a number of them <laughs> of you guys, Larry, and I'm sorry I cut you off. You keep right on going. We have a uh, uh, <laughs> people are really enjoying the fact that you are so uh, organizing what you're doing. I love it. I know. I love it. It's awesome. I know. It makes sense. It's to the point. It's outlined. It's yes. Got a good service. It's got its bullet yes. points. <laughs> Well, a lot of that comes from what Melissa was talking about. I was in charge of communications at my last company. I did it ah. from start to finish. The CEO didn't want to have anything to do with it. I had to organize <laughs> really? it. I had to lead it. I had to make sure it worked. Uh, and so when you get put under the fire like that every three months, uh, yeah. you learn a lot really fast. Very fast. Hey, Larry. Yes, do you, Larry, in our big uh, South Lake Focus Group family, have you met Laurie Tortorello yet? No, have I have not. She and David Magania are both in job search right now, and they are both leaders. They're both uh, VP level uh, communications, corporate communications folks. And when oh, you uh, mentioned that, I mainly and and Laurie is pretty active with us. In fact, she's probably listening to us right now. Hey, Laurie, and uh, I, as the job father, I need to do my job and make sure that you meet Laurie Tortorello and David Magania. David, you might recognize Melissa because David was at the yes. airport for a while. I know yeah. David very well. We work closely together. Yes, he's a great uh -huh. guy. Well, so I'm you go right ahead, Larry. I'm just talking, okay. man. You go out. All right. Shut up, I'll look forward to meeting both of them. So I was fortunate when I worked at Texas Instruments because the uh, communications director for the company took me under her wing and uh -huh. taught me how to do corporate employee communications. 
And I really needed that skill when I got to my yeah. last company because the CEO just didn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was happy to pretty much let me run the, the ELT because he wanted to focus on strategy, which was convenient because he had an IQ of about 200. So, uh, but wow. the next question is, what have you done for the companies you've worked for? So mm-hmm. I've made a very strong impact on the companies that I've worked at. So here's five uh-huh. examples. Uh, the one, uh, the top one is at the last company. I had a talent acquisi- acquisition initiative. We had to bring in quite a few people at the senior level. The most significant was the chief revenue officer. Uh, that's pretty much a sales and marketing top executive yeah, in yeah. that industry, which is software. You typically hear that title, which is unusual. Yeah. But he got promoted to CEO three years later. And uh, the CEO then, of course, this was in the succession plan to replace him because he was past retirement age. And we needed to do it, but the very best candidate, uh, he didn't want to bring that in. I think he got a, a little nervous that the guy was uh-huh. so strong that he might have to leave before uh, he wanted to. But I convinced him to make an offer to the guy. The guy turned out to be absolutely perfect for chief revenue officer. He's still the CEO today. Wow. Number two, oh, wow. a totally unrelated area. I had to jump into uh, a dispute up in eastern Ohio between Gibson Energy and the Teamsters. And I was the one that had to negotiate a settlement to the dispute. Oh, wow. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Texas Instruments, I had two very large organizational change initiatives. One was on speed. One was on innovation. And they occurred because one of our uh, Asian customers uh, told us in a town hall meeting with 550 employees, uh, you guys are as slow as a glacier and you're not <laughs> innovative enough. Whoa, okay. <laughs> and I like that. Pretty much put a damper on the audience in the auditorium. Uh, he said it in Japanese, the translator gave us what the, the translation was. So oh, anyway, yeah. the uh, EVP <laughs> said, Larry, go lead a, a major, ne- we're gonna turn this around and I want you to drive it because you like change and you're good at it. So that went on for a couple of years and I worked very closely with the leadership team and sort of the influential technology leaders in the organization. It drove the change in the culture. We went from technology centric to customer centric. Uh-huh. How did we know that? Because our customers started telling us, wow, you guys are changing and you're actually teaching the engineers how to think beyond, you know, technology being the primary consideration. And you're actually considering us as customers. And that sounds easy for many employees, but for a lot of high, really smart engineers, that's not an easy concept for them to yeah, hold up and change their behavior. But it was very successful. Changing uh, behavior. I like that. Changing now, behavior. That sounds like that's time intensive. <laughs> oh, it's very time intensive. And with engineers, uh, it's uh, especially challenging. Uh, I had some consultants that wouldn't even work with our engineers because they said, I'll work with any type of employee. But I've been not, in that situation. Yep. Not engineers. Uh, but I love working with engineers. So uh, in a different area, I created a technical marketing management development program in the Houston uh, site because we had about we had hundreds and hundreds of engineers. But we had all these 15 to 20 million dollar product development teams and we wanted to staff them with the high potential engineers. So I took the high potential engineers, created a program in 90 days, and then I had to fill the position. So I took 10 of the best engineers that we had. They're all high potential super smart young people and put them in those roles. And then I went out to college uh, grads and grabbed five of those and went to some MBA career fairs. Wow. So it was a very successful program. It's still there today, I believe, at Texas Instruments. 
And lastly, I conducted employee engagement surveys. I've done probably eight of those in my career. Uh, one of the earliest ones was back in 2011. And so we had to take the organization, determine a baseline for where we're at. We determined the top three areas for improvement, worked very closely with the top leadership team. I created, helped them to create the action plans, and then we closed the gaps. And then the following year, we did a follow-up survey, and the results went up from 71% to 83%. Ooh. And it made a huge difference. So those are the five examples of things I've done. Uh, again, to demonstrate breadth and depth. Uh, third question is, how did you do it, Larry? Yeah, well, yeah. the how part is the strengths. It comes from the strengths finder. So some of these strengths you probably heard of. Achiever was my top one. Uh, uh -huh. It's for people that work hard and possess a great deal of stamina. No surprise. Uh, the second one was maximizer. That's for people that focus on strengths as a way to stimulate personal and group excellence. So I've led many, many teams. I've had HR teams. I've had design teams. I've had all sorts of teams, anywhere from five to 25 people probably. Uh, and if you have that style, it really does get better output than someone who doesn't have that strength. Uh, I've got two in the relationship building category. Uh, I like it. I like Foster. it. <laughs> I knew you'd relate to this. It. The top one is relator. No surprise. Oh, uh, that's yeah. That's that, one of mine. I bet it is. Yeah. You enjoy a close relationship with others. And I mean, I, I've used that very extensively over the years. And number two is one you probably or you may not have heard. of. I was the only one in human resources at TI that had this one individualization. And that's people that are intrigued oh, wow. by the unique qualities of each person. Mm -hmm. So, again, that serves you well if you're in HR. Uh, in the strategic yeah, thinking yeah. category, I'm a learner, which means I have a great desire to learn and continuously improve and always have. Melissa, Even going back to General Motors days. I have. I have. What actually. was your number one? Relator. Relator. Is that crazy? Larry, right? yeah, yeah. Here we're talking about relationships. Yeah. Yes. Right? It's very important, it's isn't it, Melissa? Relator is a key one. I would say while I don't um, love huge crowds, I do love small circles. So I think one of my strengths is coming in and partnering and having those one-on-ones with senior leadership and holding more, more succinct group meetings and discussions. Yeah, you're spot on because that's right? uh, I enjoy that very much as well. Yeah. And had really good relationships with all the executives at my last companies. Yes. And so and they like the attention too. They like for you to just close the door, come in, and let's let's just talk. I agree. You know, Larry, the positions that you've been in, it sounds like you absolutely had a seat at the table. And it sounds like you built relationships with those very people that are responsible for the other departments and you weren't the police. Oh, no, I was not the police. <laughs> well, I, was I, think, I think, Larry, to your benefit and compliment is, you know, when you're a leader who can come and collaborate and make that a priority to early on when you're walking to an organization, build relationships, uh -huh. that will be key, right, as we've all seen it, in the ability to make and affect change. You can't come in and affect change without having a relationship. Boy, you can't do that if you so you correct. get targeted as a as a specific title. You know, if you're if you're the popo <laughs> and you come in there and you're watching everybody and you're restricting things and stuff like that, totally I totally agree with Melissa. I have had to do that 
um, back in my positions as the lead uh, talent acquisition uh, director in some of those companies. Hi, Verizon. <laughs> back in the day and IBM, I've got to say, IBM gave me an opportunity to, to run, run rampant through their ranks as well. I had a senior leader once give me this advice and said to me, Melissa, if you have the buy-in from leadership, this is early in my career and it just stuck in my head. If you yeah. have the buy-in with senior leaders and partnerships in the business, if you make a mistake, they will be forgiving. If you don't have the relationship in partnership, they will find mistakes in the work that you're doing. It's so true. That is so and it's true. So, I mean, that's just totally stuck in my head. And it's so yep. true and relevant. In that's people-ism. I tell folks, and you guys, Melissa, you and Larry are, are, are charge of the people departments anyway. And I tell folks that I love working for companies, but the only problem with working for companies and corporations is that people work there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. it starts at the top. And it rolls downhill, and and we have a huge umbrella of things that we're involved in in HR. And Larry, I really, really appreciate you sharing some of the things that you have done. Is there is there something else that you would like the companies to know as we're talking to Larry? Uh, the probably the most important thing is what uh, what am I looking for? So I'm looking for a vice president or director level position. It'll depend uh -huh. on the size of the company. But the four criteria I'm looking for, it's probably going to be a new organization or it's going to be an organization that has new executive leadership and they want to new, go in a new direction uh -huh. uh, because that's where, you know, people that have my background and skills and interest, I mean, that's what gets us jazzed, as we used to say. And so that'd be yep. number one. Number two, places a priority on integrity and ethics. Uh, that's important to me personally. Uh, number three, it's a very good place to work today. And the company even has aspirations to get better. And number four, it's an organization where I can make a big strategic impact because that's what I've done before. And I'm good at it, I think. And I want to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Larry, I cringe when I ask this question most of the time, especially for folks that are seasoned, like all of us, me, you and Melissa. Melissa looks young, but she's seasoned. <laughs> and, uh, you know, do you need to stay local? Are you open to reload, Larry? No, I'd be open to reload to Austin and Houston. Those yeah, probably there the it is. Two locations. Because I lived in Houston for quite a while. I'm comfortable. Yeah, and I was thinking as you were talking and, and, and me and my relationship with you, I can totally see Houston. And we have a large, we have our bigger network in Houston than we do here right here in Dallas. And you know what kind of companies are in Houston. I do. And you have worked in those companies. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you Houstonians, are y'all listening down there? I know I saw <laughs> Melissa with it. Not Melissa. I saw another another Melissa that's with us is down in Houston. But uh, we've got a number of people that are part of BJM, guys, Between Jobs Ministries. If you are in Houston, guys, go to nwbc.org. That's Northwest Bible Church. Uh, there is a ministry, a huge ministry. Uh, the biggest group I've ever seen pre-COVID was uh, the Between Jobs Ministry. On that website, you will see information for Dr. Farmer and his bunch at Between Jobs Ministry. And we've got Christina Matthews with us as well. And she is chiming in there. 
I love Christina and I were fast friends and we're going to be friends for a long time. Christina is not in HR, but she matters. <laughs> yes. So guys, check that out. Uh, our Atlanta bunch guys that you guys are listening. I would love for you guys to look up on Google R U M C. Uh, that is the Roswell United Methodist church, uh, pilots, a huge ministry all throughout the Atlanta, uh, Metroplex. Uh, Atlanta is like us, you know, they've got, oh my God, they got Roswell. They got Alpharetta. They got all that stuff down there. Larry, have you spent time just talking about that? Have you spent time in the Atlanta area? I used to spend when I worked for Abbott Laboratories, we had a regional office there. So I spent uh -huh. quite a quite a few uh, days and weeks in uh, Atlanta area. Very nice place. And then even at General Motors, we had a facility there uh, in General Motors. And so, but not, uh, not work for a company with a headquarters there. They have Were the best you? aquarium I've ever been to. <laughs> I've heard. Say I've that heard again, that. Dana. What'd you say? They have, they have the best aquarium in Atlanta that I've ah. ever been to. Ah. Now, Larry, you mentioned Detroit. Were you with GM when you were uh, when you were in Detroit? When you were in Detroit specific? Yes, that's yeah. correct. I work at the corporate office on Grand Boulevard, the original wow. General Motors building. So, wow, <laughs> it was quite an experience. Well, I bet it was, especially back then. So, right, <laughs> General Motors. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, guys, I want you. I wanted to bring Larry aboard, guys. I have I. In my operations of what I do, I have what I like to—I like to think it's probably a fifty thousand foot view of job <laughs> search all across the United States. I am a here I come, Dana, relationship, relationship. expert. There it is, <laughs> and I like to build relationships all over the place because I like to help people. It's Our, uh, if you see a opportunity. You might want to reach out to myself or Dana. Dana's been in this network as a subject matter expert for quite some time. And um, you want to reach out to us because we've got connections and companies all over the place. But here's the deal. We've got, what's my word, Dana? Relationship. I'm getting close again. Every time I get close, you know I'm going to come up with that. Relationship. That or maybe I might mention barbecue. I don't know. But I mean, that's a good subject too. Yeah. <laughs> But guys, that is what this network is. If you're in North Carolina, if you're in New York, if you are in Chicago, Anywhere if you in are in Atlanta, Phoenix, Dallas, I mean, these, I'm, I'm mentioning these, it goes, we've even got a group of folks in Idaho. We're oh, really that's in great. Idaho. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So guys, you know what? Uh, we are a proponent of networking. We're a proponent of introducing you guys to people like Melissa and especially Larry, because Larry's looking for a job. You know what? You companies, you guys really need to consider Be very blessed talking to have Larry. with Larry. Absolutely. Because he's available right now. And you folks in Houston, you heard him say, hey, I've worked in Houston. I'm Houston specific. I am Houston all over the place. And you know, the Astros are not a bad team. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, Larry, before, what's the best way we can get in contact with you, Larry? Uh, probably the best way is on my LinkedIn link. Okay. And I think so, it was broadcast there a while ago. Perfect. And let me see if I get this right. It's, it's Larry Sherrill with two R's and two L's, right? 
and an E. Oh, and two E's. And two E's. So spell it for us, Larry. S-H-E-R-R-E-L-L. There you go. That's it. And I think you guys can handle Larry because my middle name is Lawrence and a lot of people back home call me Larry. Oh, they do? I I never told you that, Larry. I didn't know that. We're brothers. We are brothers. We absolutely are. And I know, and, and Melissa and I have been brothers and sisters for years. For years. So yes. I love having this HR focus. And I'm hearing the music. We're done. We'll see you guys next Friday. And thank you, Larry. And thank you, Missy. Thank you, Larry. It's my thank pleasure. You thank you, everybody. Great job. Good weekend. Good Memorial Day weekend. Have a great right. Memorial Day.